You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On Balls. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and as you are probably figuring out, I'm a little hoarse right now. I, I went to sleep with the AC blasting and woke up with a sore throat and a little bit of drainage. So I do apologize. It doesn't work well for a radio or podcasting, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm down here in Nashville covering Tennessee. There's been media availabilities the past couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow is the game, Tennessee and Purdue. And looking forward to being down here and bringing you a Friday edition of Locked On Vols, recapping all that was Tennessee and what I believe will be a win over Purdue. So uh, we're going to talk to Josh Ward in segment one. Nate Dickinson of Locked On Big Ten will stop by in segment number two. And then in segment three, a couple of news and notes and a funny audio clip from Matthew Butler on a Tuesday afternoon media session. That is the lineup for your Wednesday Locked On Vols. And without further ado, let's get into it. Here is Josh Ward. Josh, now that we said just a day away from the Music City Bowl, kind of what are your, your thoughts on this matchup with Tennessee and Purdue? I think Tennessee's in a really good position going in with some players being unavailable. We knew about the two star players over the last couple of weeks opting out to get ready for the NFL draft with Purdue and then a few other key players, especially on the offensive side. I think it gives Tennessee an even bigger advantage going into this game because I, I think the ball's already had one against Purdue. You never know. And we can always talk about keys to the game, turnovers, uh, making sure you stay ahead of the sticks, all that. But I think Tennessee's big playability, Tennessee's ability to come out quickly on offense and set the tone. If Tennessee does that against Purdue, I think the Vols have a massive advantage through four quarters. Now, obviously, David Bell is not playing the All-American star wide receiver that you mentioned. Carl Lift is on defense, but on offense, Milton Wright, number two receiver, is not playing. Uh, you've got Yassim Abdur-Rahim, who is not playing. Marshawn Rice is not playing. Brock Thompson, uh, who is a wide receiver who's been playing hurt for the last couple of weeks, he's going to play. But it looks like they're going to have three brand-new wide receivers out there. I've been asking everybody that's come on this podcast, how big of a, a deal is that for Purdue that they really doesn't even try to run the football? I think it's probably a big deal. And if you look at Tennessee's side with Elante Taylor being out, that would have been a spot for Purdue to try to exploit, I think, with one of Tennessee's top defensive backs being unavailable. becomes more challenging for Purdue to do that against Tennessee uh, now, they'll still be able to to find open uh, opportunities, and there may be some players on Purdue where they're saying, okay, here's an opportunity for this guy to emerge and show that he can be a bigger playmaker next year. I mean, that's a common conversation during this month, right? So that's something they have to look at at Purdue because their obvious playmakers are unavailable. Uh, David Bell being unavailable, which, again, is not new news, but that's just that's a massive win for Tennessee. He's no. a great player. He is, he is one of the best wide receivers in Purdue football history. He's a Bolitnikoff finalist. He's a great player. And if he were playing in this game, honestly, I might I might pick Purdue just because I would expect him to have 10-plus catches, 100-plus yards, and multiple touchdowns. I'm not kidding with that. Uh, so you take him away, and then some of the other options that they would have pointed to with him being unavailable puts a lot of pressure on Purdue. Now, that their experience at quarterback helps there, and uh, there still can be some – soft spots to attack on Tennessee's defense. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Purdue has no chance now because of several key players being unavailable, but it really helps Tennessee's defense. All right, so allow me to go back in time here. I always have to ask for permission almost because uh, people make fun of me whenever I talk about Carson Newman days. 
But, and this is not really the same case for Tennessee because this is the first year with Josh Heupel in the system. But anytime we got to the playoffs, which was every year, obviously, um, and we got to teams outside of the conference running the split back beer, they don't know how to stop it because they never see it. Purdue has never seen tempo like this. You can't replicate it in practice. I feel like personally, and again, this is kind of the same story for the entire year because it's been the first time around in, in the SEC for Josh Heupel. But if Tennessee wins the first quarter, Tennessee's going to win this game, in my opinion, because Purdue just hasn't, and as good as the defense is, it just hasn't seen anything like it's about to see in Nashville come tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And uh, I think that um, it's probably the biggest key going in, in terms of setting the tone for the game, kind of like I talked about earlier. And it makes me think about this. In the final two weeks of the regular season, Vanderbilt played Ole Miss and Tennessee and actually held a tone against Ole Miss in that game, if you remember. And then the next week, kind of the same against Tennessee. Tennessee never struggled or, or was in danger of not winning, but the offense didn't do what we had typically seen. And Marlon Walls, former Tennessee defensive lineman, he's coached. Uh, he made a point on the sports source the week before the Vanderbilt game. He said Vanderbilt's defense will be a little more prepared for Tennessee because it just played Ole Miss's offense. So it had been preparing for that kind of tempo. So it was, it was not going to be caught off guard by that aspect of Tennessee's offense. Purdue's defense very well could be. And, and you're right, there's only so much you can do watching film and trying to do it in practice when you don't do it yourself. So I think that's what gives Tennessee the biggest advantage going in. And if Tennessee is able to score quickly and do what we've seen in other games this season where the offense came out firing, I really think it'll be difficult for Purdue to keep up with Tennessee. Not to say that, again, Purdue can't have some offensive success, but as much as Tennessee, if the Vols come out hot early, that's where I think Purdue would run into trouble. Yeah, Tennessee started this week as a three-point favorite. Um, as the week's gone on and the injury situation and the uh, players who did not make the trip down to Nashville with Purdue became public knowledge, that line has shifted to, I think Tennessee is now at a six-point favorite or something. I've seen some early score predictions where Tennessee's winning by two touchdowns plus. I'm going to have Tennessee winning by probably about two touchdowns. I'm not asking you for your score prediction, but kind of how do you see this game going for Tennessee? Well, I have Tennessee by 10 plus uh, with a pretty high confidence level. And this is where Tennessee fans are welcome to get scared when you hear this kind of confidence and what the Vols will be able to do uh, because Purdue is not a bad team. And it's it's been a giant killer at times this season with wins against top five teams a couple of times. But this is not that Purdue team because of the offensive weaponry that's unavailable. So I just I think it's going to be difficult for Purdue to keep up now. If Purdue's defense is is more prepared for this tempo of Tennessee's offense than we believe going in, and let's say at the end of the first quarter, the, the game's been played close to even, or if Purdue has an advantage, then uh, we, we could quickly change the conversation. But going in, I really like Tennessee's chance to, to do most of what it wants to do offensively. You know, we talk about uh, Bell being out. Karloftis being unavailable is is also really big for Tennessee's offense. Oh yeah, with with the big Cade Mays question mark. So uh, a lot of what I've I've brought up of being a big advantage for Tennessee is the offensive players out. I, I think you could make a, a very similar case for key defensive players out as well for Purdue. So I just I like the I like the Vol spot. Uh, I probably would have picked them if it was a hundred percent straight up on both sides. I'm definitely picking Tennessee to win the game. So with that confidence level, I'll take Tennessee to win by. Uh, at least seven points. Uh, so to cover that number with where the conversation is right now, and I'll say 10 plus. Love tackle Greg Long, doubtful for Purdue, uh, starting cornerback 
uh, Dietrich Mackey, who has three interceptions on the season. He uh, is not going to play in this football game. So a lot on the Purdue side uh, that goes, you know, bodes well for Tennessee's favor in this in this football game, kind of going the way for uh, the Volunteers. All right, last thing, you know, what does this game mean? It doesn't mean anything really, but I feel like it does. And just hearing comments from the team uh, here in Nashville this week about how using it as a springboard into 2022 with Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, all these players announcing that they're, they're going to come back. What's this game mean for Tennessee to conclude the 2021 season? So I think that's what it really matters uh, with is ending this season. I don't think this bowl game means anything for next year. Uh, Now, if they win, there is the the positivity of finishing on a strong note. So it will add to the optimism. So in conversation, it it just it will affect things. I know because that's how thing that's how it works. You know what we're going to talk about on the radio and on this podcast and everything. What fans are going to say after the game? Tennessee loses. Like play that side. If Tennessee loses to Purdue, it's going to be a bummer. So I recognize that, and it will affect how th- how fans uh, view things over the next few days. But then we'll get to the spring, and you'll hear about Hendon Hooker and the offense working together and all that stuff. So I just we we have too much history where we see a bowl result, and then we know what the conversation was after, and then it didn't play out that way. We saw it two years ago in Knoxville. Tennessee had the win against Indiana, had a long winning streak to close out the season. It was going to be the decade of the Vols, according to Jeremy Pruitt. And he was fired less than 12 months later. So I guess a little bit more because of the the investigation. But uh, you, you get my point is things can change very quickly. At the end of the 04 season, I'm just giving you a couple of Tennessee examples. At the end of the 04 season, you have uh, these freshman quarterbacks, Eric Ainge and Brent Schaefer, a win against Texas A&M. Tennessee in 05 goes in as a top five team all this offseason excitement. They went five and six that year. Yeah. So those are examples where things went well. Then you can find seasons where they didn't win the bowl games. Like, okay, where are things? And and they were much better the next year. So uh, the point of this would be don't make too much of the bowl game. Just I, I think Tennessee wins. If Tennessee wins, that's eight wins in year one for Josh Heupel. And then you need to build from there. But you know, when you go up against Florida, when you go up against LSU and Baton Rouge next season, certainly Georgia, Alabama, even Kentucky, you know, that, that kind of game, or South Carolina in November, what happens in this Music City Bowl will have no impact on those games. So uh, this is this is a chance to put a nice bow on 2021, and then you scrap it and you start over getting ready for 2022. Okay, I do got to ask you, uh, on the road, SEC play begins, Tennessee basketball tonight. It's a big one, Josh. How do you see this one playing out between Tennessee at Coleman Coliseum, where the Volunteers do not play particularly well against yeah. Alabama? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a scary one going in. And, uh, you know, <laughs> By the way, maybe some of what I just said with the bowl game. Don't make too much of this game. Like if you go down there and win, I guess maybe you can um, because that's a really good start. But uh, remember the opener against Missouri last year. And Missouri last year was a pretty good team. That was a tournament team. Tennessee went there and destroyed Missouri. No. And it was, hey, it's Gonzaga, Baylor, and Tennessee is the top three teams that didn't play out that way. On the flip side, if Tennessee loses this game, long way to go. Really tough test still to come in the next couple of weeks with LSU and Kentucky on the road. Uh, so yeah, let, let's see what, what the exact lineup is for Tennessee. There've been some questions about health status and all that. So, you know, I, I can't add much more. That's just a question mark going in, but that win against Arizona was a big deal. And that's something to build on heading into conference play. But I would say this is a good gauge. Let, let's see how the team responds in this tough sec game away from home, because that Arizona game was at Thompson bowling arena. If, if Tennessee were playing that game out of Arizona, I think you get a different result. That's college basketball too, though. So uh, I just this is a good basketball team that Tennessee has, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch in conference play. So 
enjoy the game. If Tennessee loses, don't overreact. If Tennessee wins, react favorably, just not too much. So that, how about that for some analysis? Big thanks to Josh Ward for stopping by every single Wednesday. It's Ward Wednesday here on Locked on Balls. And next week, we'll talk more Tennessee hoops. A big one tonight. But of course, we'll ask Josh's final thoughts on 2021 Tennessee football on next week's Ward Wednesday. We'll speak with Nate Dickinson of Locked On Big Ten when we return. But first, it's Bet Online. It's got you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and there you're going to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, if you guys want to follow coverage of the Music City Bowl, but you might be in your car, of course, you can listen to it on 99.1 The Sports Animal or 107.7 WIVK in the Knoxville market. Of course, that's uh, the Vol Radio Network coverage of Tennessee football and basketball. But if you want to keep up with it on Twitter and all that, you've got my tweet handle. It's at underscore Kaner at Locked On Vols. I'll keep you updated all throughout tomorrow's game, the Music City Bowl in Tennessee and Purdue. Uh, so with some more on Purdue, let's check in with Nate Dickinson. He is the host of Locked On Big Ten. He does a great job. Had a chance to catch up with him earlier yesterday. And here's what Nate had to say on the Boilermakers. It's the Spoilermakers this year, right? Two top five wins. Uh, took down Iowa. Took down Michigan State. Um, a lot of highs for this uh, for this Purdue team this year. It's been a fun offense to watch. Of course, David Bell's not going to play. Um, you've got an All-American on defense and George Carliftis who's not going to play, but that offense has been a, a whole lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, really fun to watch. I mean, in O'Connell, one of the best quarterbacks as far as just the passing yards goes in all of the country. So, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more, I'm sure, but Tennessee's going to have its hands full trying to stop that passing attack. As you mentioned, Purdue's down a couple of big pieces. George Karloftis, I mean, he's more than just a defensive end. He is kind of the driving force of that defense all around. Like all the pressure that they're able to bring kind of centers around what teams have to focus on with him. So it, it's going to be definitely a shift in not only what teams are going to be able to do against Purdue, but also in how kind of Purdue uh, strategizes its attack. So I'm interested to see that, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about all that kind of stuff. But you're right, Purdue, an exciting team to watch this season, I think more than else. You mentioned the spoiler makers. They've been in big and fun games, but even when they're playing those kind of no-name teams in the Big Ten, it's just one of those squads that with the way that they air it out and the way that they play the football game, uh, it's been a fun team to watch, even if it hasn't always been exactly satisfying for Purdue fans. It's been very frustrating at times, too, as well. Well, it's kind of like Tennessee. I mean, it's not really been a frustrating year for Tennessee fans because it's been a breath of fresh air, but 
even when you're playing Kentucky or sorry, even when you're playing Georgia, even when you're playing Alabama, you, you had a lead in every single game. It's just th- this explosive offense. It gives you a chance every single day. And so um, on that note, you have a no Connell, which is great, but no David Bell, no Milton Wrights. Um, you're not going to have Marshawn Rice, uh, a, a couple of other key contributors, Brock Thompson, who's uh, one of the wide receivers. He's been playing hurt. He's going to play very, very shorthanded club that only runs it on average for 84 yards on the ground. They don't run the football. So how right. is Purdue going to overcompensate all those losses, especially, of course, uh, the All-American and, and Big Ten receiver of the year in David Bell? Uh, well, it's one of those kind of things that I think is going to be the big difference. I'm going to try and pull up some of the stats here. I thought I had them up before we started. But anyway, the problem with Purdue's offense and the reason why Aiden O'Connell is not a great quarterback, just a good quarterback, let's say. Aiden O'Connell has the passing yards of the best quarterbacks in, in college football. He has the kind of protection of the football, does not throw interceptions, despite how often Purdue throws the football. That's with the best in college football as well. But despite all that, Purdue doesn't put up the same kind of points that some of the other best offenses in college football do. I mean, three straight weeks, this team late in the season put up just 13 points. That was after it had already shown some flashes of greatness throughout. So while there's big plays there to be made, I wonder what Purdue is going to be able to do as far as scoring that football, getting into the end zone without some of these big playmakers. The problem is still the same. Aiden O'Connell's going to get his yards. He had, I think, like 300 40, maybe 370 yards passing against Minnesota in the game that they lost and only scored 13 points in, by the way. So the problem with stopping Purdue is not a problem of stopping Aiden O'Connell. You don't have to stop Aiden O'Connell. You don't even have to slow down Aiden O'Connell, to be honest. The fact of the matter is a lot of the time Purdue stops itself, moves the ball down the field, and then just cannot seem to find the points. If the Tennessee defense that it puts out there is able to at least put some sort of pressure on or uncomfortability into Aiden O'Connell's night out there or day it'll be when Tennessee and Purdue play. It's going to be a very interesting kind of end to see how he reacts to that kind of stuff without those weapons, without those bailouts of those star targets that he can end up throwing the ball up to. It's never been a matter of whether or not Aiden O'Connell's going to be able to air that ball out. He's going to be able to get his yards. He's going to fill up this stat sheet in this game. But there's plenty of games that you can point out where he's had 300 plus passing yards and one touchdown only no touchdowns through the air. It's there. It's able to be, in my opinion, exploited if you can find the way to really shut down this Purdue team. But it's going to have to come with you knowing that there are going to be big chunks of yardage given up. There's going to be big numbers put up by this Purdue team unless Tennessee shows some sort of defense that is above and beyond anything that Purdue faced in the Big Ten, which I don't think the volunteers have. we got Nathan Dickinson on. He is the host of Locked On Big Ten, previewing a little Purdue ahead of Tennessee and Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Let's look at the defense now. Of course, George Carliftis, he is a phenomenal player, um, likely a first-round pick coming up in a couple of months. Um, he's not going to be playing in this football game. Also, a guy that started 12 games at cornerback in, in Dedrick Mackey, um, he will not be playing in this football game. And this is a defense that's, um, is pretty stout, only giving up 20 points per game, uh, really sharp uh, against the pass, good on third downs. Uh, what, how does Purdue overcome these losses, especially Carliftus up front on defense against one of the more explosive offenses in the country and one that scores a lot of points in the first quarter? Right. That's the big thing, right, is whether or not Purdue can stop that kind of big uh, big play capability. Those two guys that you mentioned being out, Dimitri Trice and the 
Karloftis. Those are guys who are able to stop that kind of stuff. When plays are going long, it can be a guy like Karloftis to make sure that the pressure gets in there and a quarterback just doesn't have all day to throw. Uh, obviously, the opposite comes the case when the defensive line can't get pressure. That defensive backfield has been key in keeping Purdue's defense consistent. Uh, these are two star players in a defense that I would normally say is pretty well-rounded all around. But it's, again, against this explosive Tennessee offense, as you mentioned, having those kind of stars can be the difference between giving up that big play and ending up not giving up the big play and giving up the points. So I think that while normally I would say this is something where Purdue has the talent and Purdue still does have the talent to be able to make up and fill in those holes, there is nobody, no mistaking that, who can replace, especially a guy like Carl Loftus out there and those two are obviously huge it could easily end up having a big effect in this game but we won't know until obviously they get out there on the field if you're asking does Purdue have the ability to kind of fill in behind those guys I really do think the Boilermakers do they've been a consistent defense they've shown up strong when the offense again has not been scoring its points or doing what it needs to to secure wins this defense has stood up tall in some big spots. And while the offense has taken the spotlight for a lot of this Purdue season, uh, there have been plenty of games where the defense has come up big and gotten the Boilermakers to win. So it, it has not been just those two guys doing it all year for Purdue, but losing him against an unfamiliar opponent in a bowl game situation, it, it seems like the right recipe for it to have a big effect. All right, Nathan, last thing, man. How do you see... Uh, this Music City Bowl playing out on Thursday. I know, uh, per, I mean, Purdue was here just a couple years ago playing Auburn, Tennessee. This is the, I want to say the third time it's been to Nashville in the past 10 years. Uh, both teams are familiar with the city, familiar with the venue. How do you see this team, or how do you see this game playing out between Tennessee and Purdue? I mean, well, first off, just fun to watch, right? I mean, you mentioned Tennessee's fun, explosive kind of offense. Purdue has obviously the kind of numbers that you're going to want to tune in to be able to see. As you mentioned, not, not all the stars are, are going to be there, but it's certainly not the worst situation that we've got as far as that goes with people playing and not playing as well. Uh, it's a big bowl game, I, I think, for both these teams. Obviously not New Year's Six level, but Music City Bowl, I think, has uh, gained some kind of notoriety and things like that over the years. So it's gotten to a point where... Uh, obviously you want to come in and win the last game of the season. Everyone's going to be fighting hard. I think this is going to end up being a pretty high scoring football game. I don't think I was talking about a uh, Minnesota's playing what will be after we've already done this here. When we're talking here on Tuesday night, West Virginia in a game, that's a big 10, big 12 matchup. I was saying, I think that one's projected to be, I think a lot more like a big 10 game than a big 12 game. I think this one could be a little bit more, towards that SEC kind of uh, scoring, a little bit less grinded out, a little bit more star players making star plays kind of thing that we see out there. So it's going to be a really fun one to watch, I think, more than anything else. No matter how many points are put up there or anything like that, I think there's going to be big plays made. Uh, and I really think whoever comes out on top, losing, whatever, it's going to be just really entertaining stuff out of Nashville. Big thanks to Nate for stopping by the show, and be sure to give Locked On Big Ten uh, your second listen if you want to get some more info on Purdue uh, leading up to the Music City Bowl. So when we come back, uh, a really, really funny quote that you guys are going to love from Matthew Butler on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to remind you about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. 
If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick out your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike the protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical pill. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Bill Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but most Bill Bars also contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein, compared that to just about any candy bar, and that's about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. We got just a couple minutes left here of a Wednesday Locked on Vols. And uh, had a fun show so far. Josh Ward stopped by to talk a little Music City Bowl. Nate Dickinson of Locked on Big Ten did the same as well. But down here in Nashville, going to these media availabilities, uh, when you're listening to this podcast right now, it's a Wednesday. So uh, Wednesday morning, both head coaches will be speaking. Both coordinators will be speaking uh, we'll be in attendance for those as well, and uh, you know we'll we'll be doing some more podcasting for tomorrow. If you're a game day podcast, if you're a VolQuest subscriber, we'll be doing a lot of work over there as well. So um, you're kind of gearing up the kickoff. It's it's kind of been this slow burn for for quite some time. You played Vanderbilt, you finished off that game. You had to wait a week until Championship Saturday was was done and over with, and then. You said, okay, is it going to be Jacksonville? Is it going to be Memphis? Is it going to be potentially Tampa? Uh, but it was Nashville. It was a Music City Bowl, and the matchup was against Purdue. And so we've been talking about that for quite some time. Then it was laying off over the holidays and all that, but then kind of getting back into it, and now it's finally time for kickoff almost. But uh, these players, um, kind of a weird, unique schedule, had some time off to take advantage of, uh, of final exams and all that, then coming back, getting back on the practice field back in Knoxville, Taking a break again for the Christmas holidays, then being back here in Nash or being in Nashville and practicing at Vanderbilt Stadium. That is where one of the team, or that's where both of the teams rather do their practicing throughout the day. And Tennessee's kind of had the night portion of that, or the afternoon portion of that, uh, the last couple of days. So it's unique how it works out. One of Tennessee's biggest rivals, in-state foe Vanderbilt, and the Volunteers are there practicing and using the facilities albeit if you want to call him that, at Vanderbilt Stadium. Well, for a guy that's been here for six years, a guy that's been here for quite some time, Matthew Butler, appearing in what will likely be his final media day appearance, of course, unless you get him post-game of the Music City Bowl. He's been the guy that has, has been ushered up there after all the losses. He's been a guy that the, the SID department sends out there during midweek for interviews. He has been a trooper for six years and Matthew Butler just had to get a dig in at Vanderbilt. Uh, it's really, really funny. It, the question was, you know, what's it compare your last home game at Neyland Stadium compared to your last game overall? He goes into his answer and then gets sidetracked talking about Vanderbilt. Give this a listen. I mean, Neyland is, is wonderful, and I love our fans, how passionate they are and everything. But, like, you know, when you're locked into that game, even going into the Vanderbilt game, it's so funny because we're like practicing in Vanderbilt Stadium. Like, I, that's, that's just hilarious to me. There's nothing they can do about it. Kind of just rub it in a little bit, you know. 
I, I, I thoroughly enjoy kind of just walking on this field and just kind of stomping on the, the V a little bit. But Again, that was Matthew Butler just trying to get a jab into um, the little brother, as, as most fans like to call Vanderbilt, you know, to Tennessee. So wanted to play that audio, thought that was really, really funny, and um, just hopefully that kind of puts you in a good mood for the day. All right, so the last couple of days you probably heard me go over about the injury situation for Purdue. I've mentioned it in a number of interviews that I've done. I'm going to go run through these just, you know, top to bottom real quick. And uh, just in case, you know, you might have missed them, we'll go over it tomorrow when I do a full Purdue preview uh, before kickoff. But Purdue banged up a wide receiver. You got David Bell, the All-American, who's opting out to prepare for the NFL draft. He's not going to play. Milton Wright, who has seven touchdowns on the season, he is not going to play. You have Marshawn Rice, wide receiver that's not going to play. Yasim Abdul-Rahim, who's not going to play. Uh, Brock Thompson will play, but he's been banged up a little bit. So, the wide receiver position for a team that throws the football for 340 yards a contest is very banged up. Not to mention your left tackle, Greg Long, is doubtful for this contest. Your All-American defensive end, George Carliftis, who will probably be a first-round draft pick, um, he is not going to play in this ballgame. And your starting quarterback, Dietrich Mackey, who has three interceptions on the season, is not going to play. So some of these are opt-outs, some of these are academics, some of these are injuries, but that's a... Uh, that's a lot of players who are not going to play for Purdue. So you're seeing that line slide from three to six. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this game by 14 points. It's kind of trending all Tennessee right now in the midweek. Of course, it's why you play the game. So on tomorrow's Locked On Vols, we will completely preview Purdue, the highs and the lows of this Jeff Brom team, the wins, the spoiler makers. We'll go through the roster. We'll tell about Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback, who's a pretty good one. And we will set you up for Thursday's kickoff in the Music City Bowl. I do want to apologize one more time. I know I sound really, really bad. Um, Hopefully the voice will get back to where it needs to be tomorrow and uh, throughout the rest of the week. I know it's hard to listen to, but if you did bear with us and you listen to this entire podcast, even though I sound like a complete idiot because of my voice, I do appreciate you. All right, as always, thanks so much for making Lockdown Falls your first listen. We will preview Purdue tomorrow and get you set for game day on Thursday right here on Lockdown Balls. Balls.